a short sermon this morning. Here it is. I love you, and we have to love one another. We have to love our neighbors and reach across lines of difference. We have to fight for our common humanity and for this shared planet. We have to love the hell out of this world. We have to love the hell out of this world. We must love one another. We must reach across differences, fight for our shared humanity, the shared planet. We must love the hell out of this world. That's my sermon. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. Actually, I've got a little bit more. So you know that moment when the tornado siren starts to go off, right? It's like a Wednesday morning. It's like, wee. And you're like, all right, that's just the test tornado siren, whatever. And you kind of go back to your work. You have a moment, right? You might look on your phone. You're like, is there a real? Oh, it's just a thing. All right. And then it just get you back to what you're doing. Or that moment when the fire alarm goes off in your building or in the movie theater or someplace, some space you're in, you don't see any flames anywhere. You don't, you don't smell any smoke. No one really seems that panicked. And people are like, it's just a drill. And they kind of slowly meander around through the hallways or the office space, talking to each other, slowly closing their laptops, and then head out the exit. What I want to say to you this morning, friends, is this moment we're in, this moment we're in post-election, this is not a drill. This is not a drill. Our country wasn't in great shape prior to this election. The past 18 months have been brutal. Something awful has been unleashed and normalized in our discourse, and our country and the body politic is no stronger after this election. People are hurting economically, spiritually, emotionally. How else can we understand what has happened? It is time now, it is time now for us to pick up the duct tape and the hammer and the wrench and get to work. Our faith and our progressive values have prepared us for this moment. The racial justice learning we've been doing, the spiritual practices we've been engaging in, they have prepared us for this moment and it is not a drill. It is not a drill. As many of you know, I'm just recently back from an interfaith Partners for Peace trip to Israel. I went there, there were 12 rabbis and they had non-Jewish clergy they partnered with on this trip. It was a remarkable experience. And what I wanna tell you is that despite the nearly dead peace process, there are Palestinians and there are Israelis and there are Arab Israelis that are reaching across difference, that are forging relationships with one another, working towards some kind of peace, some kind of relationship across this huge divide. It is very grassroots. It's a few hundred people here, a few hundred people there, but they are building trust and human kindness between people who used to see themselves just as enemies. I flew home from Tel Aviv on election day, full of this trip and the experience, and I had a pretty serious head cold. I still have the head cold. I went to bed early that night. I was thinking, all right, a good night's sleep. I'll try to knock this cold out. And I figured, I assumed I know what I'm gonna wake up to in the morning. I looked at the polls. I thought I knew what I was waking up to. I woke up at two in the morning and I looked at my phone and I wandered around the house, I'm not kidding you, with this glowing screen, wondering, asking myself, what just happened? What country 
am I living in? How, how could I have missed? How could I have not seen this coming? What country am I living in? And I suppose Trump supporters could have asked themselves the same thing if Hillary had won, but I missed something. We missed something in this election. What has got me through the week, and I invite you to hold on to this for what it's worth, what has got me through the week is the reality that the majority of Americans believe we must address climate change, the majority of Americans believe that same-gender marriage is worth preserving, and the majority of Americans believe we have to close the gender wage gap. That's the majority of Americans, so I'm holding on to that. But this question, what country, what country do I now live in, is one that I know many of you have been asking. You've sent me emails and notes, we've talked, I've seen your despair. There is this wave of despair and grief and anxiety. Many of you have spent your lifetimes working for women's rights, for immigrant rights, for reproductive rights, and you wonder, what does that mean now? What is next? And I'm not gonna tell you it's all gonna be okay or that this is the moment of the apocalypse. I don't think either one of those things are true. What I do want to do is speak to that despair, to not brush that away, but to speak to that despair that I know many of you carry. So if you are in that place of despair and grief, remember that we are a community that can hold you. If this is where you are, may these words from the poet David White reach you in that despair. David White writes, despair takes us in when we have nowhere else to go. When we feel the heart cannot break anymore. The antidote to despair is not to be found in the brave attempt to cheer ourselves with happy abstracts but in paying a profound and courageous attention to the body and to the breath. We take the first steps out of despair by taking on its full weight. In that place, strangely, despair cannot do anything but change into something else, into some other season as it was meant to do from the beginning. And so, dear ones, if despair is all you know right now, we've got you, and we will hold you and your broken heart together. If curiosity or hope is what you carry, if you are fired up, we will hold you. This is what we do as a faith community. This is who we are as a faith community. And I also want to be clear this morning that as a faith community, we are not attached to one particular political party. Our eternal and timeless values, our moral compass transcends any particular party. In this congregation, we have Democrats and Republicans, independents and Green Party folks. Our faith, our belief in the inherent worth and dignity of each human being demands that we work for human rights, for equality, and for justice and compassion in human relationships. What binds us together is a set of shared values, and those shared values are not bigotry and fear, hate and racism, nor misogyny. Those are not our shared values. Those are not the values 
Those are not the values that bind us together. And don't misunderstand me here. I'm not saying that everyone who voted for Trump is full of hate or a racist or a misogynist. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. But what terrifies me and what should terrify all of us, regardless of political party, is that Trump ran a campaign on disparaging women, calling all Mexicans and immigrants rapists and murderers. He threatened to deport millions, and he called for a ban on all Muslims entering the country. The racism and misogyny reflected in the campaign of our president-elect is deplorable. And what we've witnessed this week, in part, is the power of hate and racism to win an election. That's what we've seen, in part. It's not the whole story. For some of us, this is, this is shocking. But as Harleen Kaur, a Sikh activist, writes, this is not new for people of color, for immigrants, for Muslims, for queer people, for differently abled people, and more. This has always been our America. It simply did a semi-decent job of disguising itself in the last several <clears throat> years. And so in some ways, in some ways, friends, we see very clearly now the country we live in. We see very clearly some of the threads from its founding that are still alive and vibrant right now. And I'm not painting everyone, again, I want to say this, I'm not painting everyone who voted for Trump as hate-filled, but at the end of the day, I do believe it was white supremacy that won this election. And this is an old story. Go back to the founding of our country. It was white supremacy that cast the tone and tenor 400 years ago as indentured white servants found common cause and married and loved enslaved Africans and native people and together realized they had power to fight against the ruling class, the landowners, the elite. And the elite came to the white indentured servants and said, no, 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 no. You're more like us than these other people. We'll give you just a little tiny bit more than you have now in order to put this wedge between you. And that story we saw play out in some fashion in this election once again. That same rhetoric, explicit and implicit, drove much of this campaign. And what scares me, what scares us, is that the conduct during this campaign gave some of Trump's supporters, not all of them, but some of them, permission to go public with their hate and their vitriol and their threats. And so if you are a woman or an immigrant or a person of color or part of a, the queer community, the fear you feel is legitimate. Church, this is not a drill. We have to organize and stand with and support those who are vulnerable and who are being targeted. This is who we are as Unitarian Universalists. This is our reason for being. We are here to love the hell out of this world. During my time in Israel, we spent the better part of a day at Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Memorial Museum. It is a painful and beautifully designed museum you come into this bare concrete building. It's like this big, long triangle tunnel. You come in one end, and at the far end of the museum, you see light. You see the, the way through this horrific story, but you can't get there directly. You have to go through this zigzagging displays that 
look at Hitler and his rise to power, that look at some of the passivity and the compliance of the German people that lay out the death camps. And in one of those sections in the museum, there is this whole display highlighting what are called the righteous among the nations. These are the non-Jews that at great risk to their own life stood with and rescued Jewish people, helped them get out of a country, helped them cross a border, helped them get asylum in some place safe. They sheltered and protected Jews, these non-Jews. They're called the righteous among the nation. There are only three Americans listed there. Two of them are Unitarians. Waitstill and Martha Sharp. Waitstill and Martha Sharp, in 1939, they left their young children in the care of their congregation, and motivated by their faith and their moral outrage, they traveled to Europe, and for the next six years, they helped Jewish refugees find safety. Their mission led to the establishment of the Unitarian Service Committee. The symbol of the Unitarian Service Committee became the flaming chalice. It was what was used on their paperwork so that it looked official and so that people in the know would knew if someone came to you with paperwork with the flaming chalice on it, you would be safe. They would stand with you. They would protect you. They would guide you to a safe place. You could trust someone who had the flaming chalice on their paperwork. Today, in this same spirit, our sixth graders are going to be in the social hall after the service handing out safety pins. Maybe you've seen this on Facebook, where after the Brexit vote this past summer, when immigrants became more and more targeted and, and yelled at and harassed, people said, we want to do something. And so they started this thing of putting safety pins on a piece of their clothing, basically to say, I will stand with you. I'm a safe person. I will be with you. You are safe with me. So if that connects with you, talk to one of our sixth graders, put a safety pin on. You should also know that our second and fifth graders, they're doing sidewalk chalk messages around the church, these neighborhood love notes. You can do this in your neighborhood too, to fight back against the xenophobia and the Islamophobia that is emerging. Now hear me, church. Pins and chalk are important, but by themselves, they are not enough. It is not enough just to wear a pin. It's not enough to put a pin on or chalk a love note on your sidewalk. It's a start. It's a beginning. And if you let yourself be marked by those things, by the pin or the love note that you write, and you are being accountable to that mark, and you are willing to stand up and rise up and stand with people who are facing threats and fear for their lives, then do it. Put on a pin, chalk your sidewalk. If it gives you the courage to act in other ways, do it. We have to organize. We have to reach out. We have to step out of our comfort zones and risks. It is time to love the hell out of the world. So I am reaching out to my imam friends. We're talking about doing a pulpit swap and bringing our communities together and knowing one, one another. And if need be, some of you remember 30 years ago in the 80s, we became a sanctuary church. If need be, we will do that again. We will not be passive. We will not be passive. And I want to say to our new members, those who have joined us today, 
This is what we do. <laughs> this is who we are. Sunday after Sunday, we come together, we dedicate children, we welcome new members, we remember who we are called to be, we work for justice in this world. This is not a drill, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is who we are called to be. In the coming weeks, we'll be offering workshops and classes about racial justice and our UU faith. There's a racial justice sign-up table downstairs in the social hall. You can learn more, put your name and email, get a Black Lives Matter button, learn more. You can join the local chapter of Surge, showing up for racial justice. You can reach out to your neighbors. There is so much you can do. There is so much we need to do. And so today, friends, what I want to say to each and every one of you is that no matter what you carry in this space, whether it is fire of passion or despair of a heavy heart, I want you to know this. I love you, and we must love one another. We must love our neighbors and reach out across difference. We must build up our shared humanity and fight for this one shared planet we must love the hell out of this world. This is not a drill. It's go time. Amen. Amen. And blessed be.